You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are all over in Tokyo competing for the goal. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome Brad to New York. Paul. This is is the Devil State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What the hell did I just watch for the last hour and a half? I mean, really, what did I just go through? What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to a pretty, I mean, I guess I, I call it a special edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, um, you know, on the Hockey Podcast Network. The best place, as always, to get the most up-to-date news topics, you know, and everything and so much more about your New Jersey Devils. I mean, it's screwing up my intro. That's, that's how discombobulated I am from the last hour and a half. I uh, hope you guys are doing better than I am. Uh, considering what I just experienced. Um, and, and I'm sure, obviously, you guys know what I'm talking about. You saw the title of this episode and everything. We are going to be talking about the expansion draft that literally just wrapped up about six minutes ago. So I'm recording this late uh, Wednesday night on July 21st, 2021. Obviously, this was going to be one of the biggest days of this offseason because it's the expansion draft and you have the Seattle Kraken, 
coming in as the 32nd team in the National Hockey League. And, you know, there was obviously a lot of excitement when you woke up this morning because you we were all wondering, you know, who is Seattle really going to take? And you look at some of the big names that were left unprotected, guys like Kerry Price, um, Vladimir Tarasenko, Gabriel Landeskog, um, Braden Holtby, guys like that, just a couple of big names. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some other ones, but obviously there's a lot of talent there. And we knew that there was a chance that Seattle wasn't going to take all of those guys. I mean, some of them are UFA, so it would have been maybe a little bit more difficult. But we did hear some rumors and rumblings over the last couple of days that Seattle might be in position to do some pretty big things. And what we got instead this entire day was the entire draft being ruined, the way the broadcast was, was pretty pathetic. And talking about it from the Devils' perspective, the way the ESPN shat on the Devils, I mean, they really shitted on them when it was the Devils' turn to have a player be selected from them, was, to me at least, a little bit uncalled for. Um, and I'll get into that in just a few short minutes, but want to kind of go in chronological order as best as I can. Let's start with how... Basically, let's start with this. Let's start with Frank Saravelle of Daily Faceoff. Um, you, most of you may probably know who this man is. If you don't, obviously, he is a uh, Daily Faceoff hockey reporter, analyst. Uh, he's one of the guys that basically goes out and he reports on trades, free agent signings, just big news in general. Right from, I guess you would say, around 10, 1030 this morning, he began to reveal, or at least what you would call leak, uh, who the Seattle Kraken were going to take in this draft. We literally saw every single pick before, almost 10 hours before the draft actually happened. And some of us were pretty upset about that because it took away the excitement. It took away the anticipation. It took away the fun in it. And considering that myself and several other of the podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network did a live stream, it made it a little bit more difficult to really focus on watching the expansion draft because, quite frankly, we already knew what was coming. And that was pretty much the frustrating thing. But I know some people want to say, oh, fuck Frank Saravalli. I, I get that. But let's be honest here. It's really not his fault. It's whoever leaked these who, who leaked these picks, whoever gave Frank this information is the one to be blamed. Why was it leaked? Why was it given ahead of time? Why was that the case? From what I was told, Seattle had to have their list in by, I think, 10 o'clock this morning. And I guess right from that point, that's when it started coming out. So somebody, we don't know who, but somebody went out and was starting to tell people. And that was the thing I didn't understand. I didn't understand why people were crapping on Frank Saravelli. Why were they crapping on somebody that was literally just doing his job? He was literally just telling us what was going on because that's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. I get it. He could have chosen not to do it. He could have just said, you know what? I don't want to ruin it for people, but you know what? Who really cares? Because not everybody's on social media. Not everybody's on Twitter, but I will say this. If you're somebody that's trying to get into hockey and is on social media and you don't want to be, you, you don't want to know ahead of time that something's going to happen, don't go on Twitter. Because I'm telling you right now, you can get things that you can get up to the minute information, up to date news 
very quickly before the teams officially make the announcements for these things. So this entire day was ruined in the matter of two hours because by the time it was one o'clock Eastern time, we all knew who the Seattle Kraken were taking. So when we got to the draft at eight o'clock and we were sitting there, you know, during the live stream and watching the event, there wasn't, there wasn't anything for us to talk about because we already knew what was going on. So that's the frustrating thing. So obviously we were, you know, we, we did, a, you know, we had a lot of shit talking and we had a lot of really funny moments during the live stream and whoever was able to jump on and check us out. Thank you guys so much for spending some time to check us out. We really do appreciate it. All the viewership helps. Uh, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, but we had to try to figure out how to fill in an hour and a half or more or less an hour because I think we we left off at around nine o'clock so the draft wasn't even over when we had to sign off um but it was a very frustrating thing to to figure out because there just wasn't any excitement to it and then the other thing is this the players that Seattle ended up taking not many big names not really that many big names at all and especially if you're not a you know diehard hockey fan you probably don't know almost any of these guys. I wouldn't say all of them, but I would say most of them, you have no idea who they are. But I'm going to explain also why I think Seattle drafted the way that they drafted as well. But I wanted to kind of go into some rants because I feel like it's important and I wanted to get my, I wanted to get it off my chest because I think I'm speaking for a lot of people. Um, yeah, so it was, it was tough. And then another thing, the next thing that irritated me was this. This was ESPN's first opportunity to promote the sport of hockey on ESPN. As we all know, ESPN now is going to be, well, one of the two main homes for nationally televised hockey games. And this was a big deal because there's a lot of money that's being, in, that's being given to the NHL from ESPN, also from TNT. This is a very big deal. And ESPN knew that this was going to be a big deal. What they chose to do when it came to promoting was nothing. This entire week leading up to it, ESPN did not make one little iota, one little note that this was happening. So if you, by some chance, maybe if you're not a hockey person, or maybe you're just a casual sports fan, the only way you would have been able to know that this was happening if you just accidentally came across it. And I'm sure some of you are like, what exactly are we watching here? What is this? Like, what's going on here? I'm so confused. It, it just, it didn't feel like ESPN tried. And then also, you put us on ESPN too. You didn't even decide to put us on ESPN. I get it. The, you, know, you know, Wednesday Night Baseball is a pretty big thing on ESPN. But there's nothing saying you could have moved that game to ESPN too. And decided, okay, guys, this is our first chance to really promote hockey and get more fans and get more people to watch ESPN. We should put it on our main ESPN channel. No, you chose to put it on ESPN too. The only thing that would have made it worse if you put it on ESPN News. And what's really sad is that not everybody gets ESPN 2 on cable. ESPN in general, just the first channel, ESPN, almost every single cable channel cable provider, excuse me, has ESPN. So that should have dawned on you that if you wanted to get more 
eyes glued to the TV and get people interested in this type of sport and make more money off of viewership, you would have done that, but you chose not to. Whatever. That's one mistake. But I was hoping that maybe they wouldn't screw it up even more. And again, because of the fact that, that we, for most of us already knew who was going to be drafted, again, there was just even less interest. But then we get this news. We get this news that there are possibly several trades that happen between the Seattle Kraken and several teams in the NHL to maybe prevent Seattle from taking certain players. So they were telling us, a lot of the people on social media were telling us, tune into the expansion draft because you're going to see those trades. It's 9.46 p.m. and not a single trade was announced. What the fuck? Why the fuck did you lie to us? Other than the obvious reason of trying to force us to watch this when we already knew. My only, my only, my only reasoning as to why this was, this, this happened was because of what happened with Frank Saravalli earlier in the day. Because Saravalli and several others, not just him, but several others, because they shared who was already going to be selected six, seven, eight hours before it was supposed to happen, ESPN frantically was trying to figure out a way to get people to watch because they knew that a lot of us were going to tune this out. A lot of us were going to be like, well, what's the point? We already know what's going to happen. There's nothing here that's going to entertain us. So they decided, you know what? We could tell people that Seattle's going to do some trades and then keep people, and then that will bring people to watching this and being like, all right, well, we're just here for that. And I was talking to, you know, several of the guys on the Hockey Podcast Network during our live stream, and we were all kind of waiting for it. And in almost in a really sad way, none of us were surprised that we got screwed. Now, you guys are listening to this episode on Thursday, the 22nd. Um, by one o'clock today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, by one o'clock today, the trade freeze will be lifted and then teams are allowed to make trades. So maybe we're going to find out then. If we go past one o'clock tomorrow and there was absolutely no, and no trades are get made, I will be stunned, number one, and two, I'll be pissed off. Because again, it was just another, it was just another thing that just irritates us. So that's another mistake that ESPN, NHL, and whoever leaked, whoever gave the leaked uh, draft to these reporters, you know, all these mistakes happened within the span of less than 12 hours of this entire day. That was something that was really irritating to me. So who did the Seattle Kraken take? Well, most of you already know by now, but just because I want to make up some airtime here to make this episode, because obviously I could have just spent 10 minutes talking about who the Devils took and that would be the end of it, but what's the fun in that? So let's just kind of go through this in the order of, I guess, divisions. So we'll start with the Boston Bruins. They took defenseman Jeremy Lazan. So Lazan will have the uh, pleasure of being the first player ever selected, more or less, by the Seattle Kraken. I know they signed a, uh, a prospect a couple months ago, but technically this is like the first NHL player, you could say, 
for the Seattle Kraken, Jeremy Lazan of the Boston Bruins. Then it was the Buffalo Sabres, and they took William Borgen from the Detroit Red Wings, Dennis Sholowski, excuse me. Then one of the picks that I don't think a lot of us were surprised by, considering what we'd heard the last 24 to 48 hours, uh, from the Florida Panthers, they took goaltender Chris Drieger. Um, so it looks like that Drieger might be the main starting goaltender for Seattle uh, to start. Then we got to Montreal, and a lot of us were really wondering, was it Carey Price? Could it possibly be Carey Price? And we had heard rumors that Seattle was seriously considering it. But considering the fact that Carey Price is, I think, having one or two surgeries this year and might be out for a good portion of the beginning of the season next year, and also the fact that he's getting a crap load of money for the next five years and he's 34 years of age, I think Seattle understood that it really didn't make a whole lot of logistical sense to do this. And again, just like with every other pick, we already knew that, that Seattle wasn't taking Carey Price. So they ended up taking a defenseman, Kale Flurry. So I guess teams who are, I guess expansion teams who are drafting in the 2010s and the 21st century um, have to take at least one player with the last name Flurry. Um, that's just something that I'm assuming, but uh, we'll see what happens whenever the next expansion draft happens. And hopefully that happens uh, longer than this period. Hopefully we don't have to wait another, hopefully we have to wait at least like five plus years before we get another one. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, continuing on here, the the Senators um, or the Kraken selected goaltender Joey Decord from the Ottawa Senators. Then from the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, the Seattle Kraken took Yanni Gord. I think that was a very, very good pick. Uh, he's a very, very solid player. He finished with 17 goals, 19 assists uh, for the Lightning this year. And obviously that whole line of Yanni Gord, Barkley Goodrow, and Blake Coleman it's pretty much going to be separated altogether. I don't think any of them are going to be in Tampa. Uh, certainly not Gord, certainly not Barkley Goodrow, and Blake Coleman, maybe, probably not. I don't expect him. And then to wrap up the Atlantic Division, the from the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Seattle Kraken took Jared McCann. And the reason that I'm not surprised it's McCann is because when you go back 48 hours ago, there really was an almost certainty that probably the Kraken were going to take Alex Kerfoot former New Jersey Devil uh, prospect. And it looked like Kyle Dubas was pretty much trying to prevent that from happening. And so he acquired Jared McCann for a seventh-round pick and uh, Hollander, I believe, that they also got from Pittsburgh. They traded both of them back to Pittsburgh. So basically Pittsburgh got back what they gave up to get uh, Kasperi Kapanen back. So it kind of comes full circle. But basically Dubas put his team in a position where if they lose Kerfoot, they keep McCann. If they lose McCann, they keep Kerfoot. So basically, the Seattle Kraken took Jared McCann and the lead. I mean, basically, the Leafs didn't give up much of anything to keep Alex Kerfoot. Um, was it the wisest move? Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. Um, but Jared McCann is the one that's selected from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now it's Kerfoot gets to stay in Toronto. So we'll see how that goes. Now we move on to the Metropolitan Division. And again, you guys are hearing this. Yes, the NHL is going back to its regular divisions. Thank the Lord. I'm really relieved about that because this last year in the division of death, I hope we never have to do that crap ever again. But obviously this division means a lot to us because I will announce who the Devils uh, lost in this expansion draft. So starting with the Carolina Hurricanes, 
They took center Morgan Geeky, okay, uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, Gavin Bayreuther, again, another name I haven't heard of. And then you go to the New Jersey Devils. And again, there was a lot of question marks as to who exactly was going to be taken. And, it, and I told before, it had to also depend on the fact that the Devils were going to be the 10th selection in this draft. So it was going to be pretty early on. Um, but I want to stop before I announce who the Devils took because ESPN decided to be complete jackasses to the Devils by, number one, having Chris Fowler, who who is mainly the main play-by-play voice for ESPN for college football and probably should stick to that, um, decided to say the struggling New Jersey Devils. And when he said that, it got a nice laugh out of everybody. I told you guys um, the most embarrassing and the big and the low point for me as a Devils fan was losing those four games earlier this year to the New York Rangers in a row. No, that just changed what with what Chris Fowler just did about an hour and change ago. I get it. We have been struggling. We haven't been good. We haven't gotten past the first round of the playoffs since 2012 when we went to the cup final. But to, to say it out loud in public is kind of fucked up and uncalled for. And I didn't appreciate that. And a lot of Devils fans didn't appreciate that. Now, are we being a little bit overreacting to this? Are we being emotional about it? Yeah, of course. But we're fans of this team. And let's be real. If, any, if anybody else of any other team heard the same thing about them, about their team, they'd feel the same way. So fuck Chris Fowler. I like what he does with college football. He does a very good job, but fuck Chris Fowler. Um, fuck Dominic Moore as well for laughing as well. Didn't appreciate any of that. No shit we're struggling. No shit we have been struggling. But for you to make it public, especially to maybe some fans that don't know it, um, what the hell? What, why, was, why did you have to go there? Why did you have to go there? Just whatever. And then also... Uh, throughout the broadcast, ESPN did a couple of things where like they would do like some special clips of, you know, some creative ways to have people announce the picks, whether it's with celebrities like Macklemore and Marshawn Lynch or have Kevin Weeks go to certain places in Seattle and announce. Well, when it was the devil's turn, Kevin Weeks uh, was in, I don't know where he was. I think he was in a market somewhere. And he had a lady open up a book where, and it showed Nate Bastion's name in handwriting. And I thought that was kind of funny. And, I, and you know, she pointed it out immediately um, that they basically ripped off what Amanda Stein's been doing for several years, you know, writing, you know, out the lineups and everything like that. Uh, again, kind of another shot at the Devils. It really did feel like ESPN was shitting on the Devils, you know, on purpose. It definitely felt like that they were doing this on purpose. And maybe they were. And maybe they were instructed to. Who knows? It does... It, it is what it is. I doubt the Devils are going to be on ESPN very, very much, at least for this year. But we'll see what happens. But who did the Seattle Kraken take from the Devils? Well, it shouldn't come as that much of a surprise. It was Nate Bastion. And it does suck in a way because he is a physical player. But I will mention this. We have a guy named Nick Merkley who could pretty much fill the exact same role as Nate Bastion. There was no way that Seattle was going to be dumb enough to take P.K. Subban and that $9 million for one year. Especially with 
we've been hearing the last 24 to 48 hours that the Devils have been talking to several teams about trading P.K. Subban to them for retained salary, a.k.a. probably between four, four and a half million dollars, which I think if it's that retained salary, I think it's more likely that Subban will be traded. I think P.K. Subban and also Will Butcher will not be on this team next season. I think they will be both moved within the next couple of days. I really do. Because I think Tom Fitzgerald has a plan, and I think he wants to completely revamp this defense. And he's trying to remove guys that really just don't fit into to what they're doing. And again, quite frankly, P.K. Subban has been a massive disappointment since he got here. And in the two years that he's been here, hasn't done very much. And that's kind of just, it's sad, but it's also the truth. That's just how it goes. So they went with Nate Bastion. I'm happy about it also because Andreas Janssen gets another shot with us. And I think that if you give if you give him a full 82-game season, now he has some chemistry with some guys, and it'll be a normal year. I think he can bounce back. He may not be the player that he was in Toronto, but if he can be in the middle of that and play somewhat like that, that's fine. That's exact, That's totally fine. I do expect him to have a better year. And if it doesn't, and if he doesn't, then just move him at the deadline. That's all I'm saying. So for any Devils fan who's pissed off that they didn't take Subban or and we lost Bastion, I get it. You know, he's best friends with Michael McLeod, the super buddies, as everybody's been calling them. Um, obviously, they're no longer together, but this is part of the business. And again, we can fill a guy like Bastion on that fourth line, whether within our system or we could get somebody as a veteran piece that could help us. So let's relax here. But yes, Nate Bastion is the one selected from the Devils going to Seattle Kraken. And Nate, we wish you all the best in Seattle. Good luck there, my friend. And uh, we'll definitely see you back in Jersey when Seattle makes its first trip to the Rock this upcoming season. Moving on here to the New York Islanders, the Seattle Kraken select Jordan Eberle, who was actually at uh, was actually in Seattle, so he was one of the guys that was revealed to the public. Up uh, in the Rangers, Colin Blackwell from the Philadelphia Flyers, Carson Torinsky from the Pittsburgh Penguins, Brandon Tanev, who has one of the best uh, photos of any player in the NHL, and I'm glad that they actually used that picture on ESPN. That's great. Um, it's it, he's he's fantastic. I, I you know Brandon Tanev, great picture. And then finally, from the Washington Capitals, the Kraken took their third and final goaltender, Vita Vanacek, uh, a young goaltender, and obviously talking to Hockey Troll, not pleased about the fact that Vanacek is gone. Certainly now that means that you have to add Washington into another team looking for a backup goaltender for Ilya Samsonov moving forward. Now moving to the Central Division, Arizona. Uh, from Arizona, Seattle selected Tyler Pitlick from Chicago. The Seattle Kraken selected former New Jersey Devil, John Quenville. From the Colorado Avalanche, Jonas Donskoy. Dallas Stars, Jamie Oleksiak, who was one of those guys I mentioned as potential free agent targets. Now, obviously, that's no longer the case. And the Seattle Kraken already signed him to a four-year, four-and-a-half, almost $5 million deal. So they have one of their main defensemen locked up. Uh, from the Minnesota Wild, Carson Soucy. From the Nashville Predators, and this pick was actually um, made by Marshawn Lynch, uh, Kelly Yarncrook, and then we go to C- then we go to St. Louis. Somewhat of a surprise, Vince Dunn, uh, I believe, who is a restricted free agent. So, actually, excuse me, he's unrestricted free agent. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm pretty sure that Seattle feels confident they can get him to a deal. Uh, so we'll see about that. And then from the Winnipeg Jets, 
uh, Mason Appleton. So that's the central division. Now we get to the final four picks of this expansion draft. Again, obviously with Vegas not being involved because fuck the rest of the league, right? I mean, Vegas continues to get chance after chance of continuing to stay good because God forbid that they try to be treated like a regular NHL franchise. You know, it's whatever. Wouldn't be surprised if Seattle got exempt from the next expansion draft that happens in the next three years. Be awesome. Can't wait for that. But whatever. Moving on, Pacific Division, first one from the Anaheim Ducks, Hayden Fleury, who was there. Again, probably one of the bigger ones from the Calgary Flames, Mark Giordano. I think it was pretty much a guarantee once he was left unprotected that he was going to be taken. So an end of an era for the Calgary Flames and Mark Giordano. And then from the Edmonton Oilers, and this is obviously a little bit disappointing as well, the Seattle Kraken took Adam Larson, former New Jersey Devil. He decided he was going to test the free agent market. And he didn't wait long as he got a four-year deal worth $4 million from Seattle. And that is where he is going to be for the next couple of years. It would have been great for the Devils to take a run at him because I think he would certainly help us on the right side of the fence because we do need help on that side. And also just bring back some nostalgia from years ago. But it's just not how it goes, unfortunately. And then the last pick of this expansion draft, Curtis McDermott from the Los Angeles Kings. And that is the selections for the Seattle Kraken in the 2021 NHL expansion draft. So when you look at this roster right away, number one, this is not going to be the final roster when the season starts. Because again, this is what I'm saying. Everybody has looked at this roster and said, what that, like they had so many opportunities to get some big names and to, to become a really good team right away. Why did they do it this way? Two reasons. Number three reasons, actually. Number one, I don't think Seattle wants to end up being like Vegas where they immediately are this good because the NHL handed it to them. So I think that's one reason. Two, I think that the Seattle Kraken wanted to be very busy this offseason, particularly in the free agent market. And I know that they're heavily interested in trying to get Dougie Hamilton, which I really hope the Devils are able to get him. It would really suck to see us lose out to him. But again, as I said before, it'll be hard at first for the Devils to convince free agents to come here. And we're probably going to have to do more trades than free agent acquisitions, but crazier things have happened. Uh, maybe the Seattle Kraken can convince a guy like Gabriel Landeskog to come. They could have selected him, but no deal was done. Unless there was a deal done in place, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, the, excuse me, the Seattle Kraken were not going to select Gabriel Landeskog. Um, so that to me, I think that they're going to be very active. They have a lot of cap space. Don't know exactly how much they have. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they had more than the Devils, just because why the hell not? Um, but that's also another that's also another possibility. And then also, I think Seattle just wants to try to build this team organically. I think they want to try to rebuild it, start from the ground up, and kind of go from there. I think that's the way that they want to look at it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Obviously Thursday, if you guys are listening to this, we'll see what happens today. Um, the NHL draft is coming up on Friday and I'm actually going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to have more than just two episodes this week. I'm going to try to record an episode also on Thursday doing an NHL, um, draft preview. And it's going to be around the way I'm, the way I'm trying to do is that I'm either going to do like the whole first round, or I'm just going to mainly focus on the two picks that the devils have in the first round. Because if I go through the whole thing, we're going to be here a long time. But I could certainly try as well. Maybe I'll get on. Uh, maybe I'll have a guest on as well. Who knows? You know, 
uh, more information will be put out um, in the next 24 hours without a doubt. So that's something to keep in mind because again, like I said, yes, the draft, the NHL draft is on Friday. Um, I won't be on any live streams or anything for that. Uh, I will try my best to be as active as I can. I'm going to be going off. I'm going to be a little bit busy during that time, but I'm still going to, uh, to do that. But I want to wrap up by saying this. Uh, ESPN did a shitty job this entire process. And what's really sad is that they showed what day, you know, where the NHL draft, the entry draft is going to be broadcasted. Also on ESPN2. Explain to me what is so goddamn popular on Friday that you can't put this on ESPN's main channel when you are really trying to promote the sport. I'm just curious. I would love to know what the actual reasoning is because I don't get it. So all in all, when I speak about this, what ESPN just did is made me really worried and brought back the worries that I had before. ESPN has been able to talk about hockey before and they've given you opportunities to watch NHL games before, but only on ESPN Plus. And the only way you could you know, check out NHL on ice is if you had an ESPN Plus subscription, which is not a really difficult thing to get, but still, it's a pain in the ass. And when ESPN got the major deal with the NHL, I was like, okay, will ESPN actually try? So far in their tenure, they still act like, they, they, they basically still act as if they don't give a shit. Because I really don't think they do. And I think from the time we got the, we started getting the leaks out to 10 o'clock right now, today has been a really shitty day if you're a passionate NHL fan. Because right from the start, you knew it wasn't going to go well. And the NHL and ESPN scrambled to try to make this interesting. It wasn't. No trades. We already knew hours ahead of time who was going to be taken. Everything. And I'm really disappointed by that. And also for the Devils to be publicly humiliated like that was fucking uncalled for. And, I, and you know, you guys, if you guys have been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that a lot of time I try not to cuss. But I also, when I'm this upset, all bets are off. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be kind about it. I'm going to talk like it is. I'm fucking pissed for a multitude of reasons that I just explained to you guys. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I just watched the last hour and a half. Um, obviously, I enjoyed hanging out with the guys in the Hockey Pod Network doing that live stream. It was a great time, and I always look forward to spending time with those guys. But other than that, there was absolutely no point for me to sit there for the last hour and a half and watch that. I could have just... I could have recorded this podcast at four o'clock today and nothing would have happened. Nothing would have changed. I wouldn't have been incorrect on anything I said because it already happened. So at the end of the day, like I said, I'm just really disappointed, really pissed off. And, you know, I just hope that this is just the blip on the radar that ESPN, as this moves forward, will do a better job of promoting themselves and the league and the NHL just doesn't make fools of themselves. But I wouldn't be surprised that this is how it's going to go from here on out. So let's see. But 
Let me know what you guys think of this entire expansion draft. Not just, you know, who the Devils took, but also just how things went with ESPN and obviously the leaks that came out earlier today. Let me know what you guys think. As always, on Twitter at Devil State and on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. If I don't have an episode out for Friday prior to the draft, um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll see me do some previews on there with some graphics. Um, and then, like I said, I will do the best that I can to uh, put some stuff out there when the draft actually happens, which, again, will be at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern on, if you're in America, ESPN fucking 2. And also, I believe, on Sportsnet as well, I want to say, and TSN um, also. So that'll be on Friday, the 23rd of July. Um, and yeah, guys, this was just a really disappointing job. The NHL as a whole to be shamed of itself. ESPN, shame on you. Um, you got to do better. But welcome to the NHL officially, the Seattle Kraken. And good luck, Nate Bastion. A lot of us will miss you. We hope with nothing but the best in Seattle moving forward. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, where, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all of the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, Pain, Pain. The agony and the ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering 
of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know, anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. But once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!